This is episode two of the Topsoil Podcast. back into the studio. Thanks for tuning in. This is the second episode of the Topsoil Podcast. And again, here with Mitch, Mitch Hora, for those of you who do not know him or didn't listen to episode one, he is a consultant here in Washington County as a business continuum ag LLC. Uh, check it out on Facebook. Look him up. He's doing some really great stuff on soil health. Um, I'm Trent Stout. Got a seed business, Stout Seed, located in Ainsworth, Iowa, right here in Washington, Iowa. Or Washington County, and um, really, really excited about uh, soil health and cover crops. That's kind of where I'm coming from. But uh, real quick today, just wanted to touch on a Twitter post that's kind of been going crazy uh, for over the past couple of days, and it is um, a post that I first saw from Christy Nichols, um, the mother of Glue Malin. Uh, really good stuff. Go check her out on YouTube. Um, she's also a part of the Soil Health Academy, one of the speakers there that just recently came through Washington. But her post deals with the Kansas State research on varieties of cereal rye and the aliopathic effect based on the differences in those varieties. Uh, Mitch, what is your thoughts on this Twitter post? For those of you who haven't seen it, we'll put it on our Twitter page. Make sure to check it out. Yeah, so seen it just briefly you'll have to check on what everybody's comments are and whatnot on that post but essentially what i've seen on aliopathic effect you know trying to figure out is it a huge deal for those of us trying to plant corn into cereal rye so that's really where i'm coming out from this so that post was talking about multiple different varieties of rye how do they impact um what kind of aliopathic effect do they have one Variety really stood out. Um, Trent, you can get on that here later, but one really stood out. I think the biggest thing there um, is that aliopathic effect impacting smaller seeded weeds and utilizing rye to suppress weeds. Another huge topic there being weed control um, and resistant weeds. So for me, when I'm going and looking at planting corn into rye, um, I think you do want to be careful about timing and placement of that seed when you're going into rye. I think that can maybe cause some issues, but I think it's more important um, in order to avoid issues, make sure that your seed placement is correct and placed into a good environment. That seed has the optimal um, productivity when it's in the bag. As soon as we take it out of the bag, put it through a planter into the ground, all of the mistakes that are potential to make along the way are potential for yield loss. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to make sure that you're watching your soils there. Soil temperature, making sure that soil is good and warm, even well above 50 degrees would be awesome. Waiting, letting that stuff warm up, um, make sure that we don't have a lot of moisture out there either. I think that's more so the issue that I've seen planting corn into rye versus the aliopathic effect. If it's too wet, partially maybe because of a lot of residue out there that's died off, that's now a mulch over the top of the soil, keeping the soil wetter. That, I think, is more so allowing other diseases, seedling disease and whatnot, to come in. Um, you know, the disease triangle pieces 
being present there uh, because of that cold, wet soil from the decomposing rye versus an aleopathic effect. I think the other piece of that to tag into, as that corn grows bigger, now we really see a lot of issues with C to N ratio, carbon penalty, nutrient tie-up. We've seen some things along those lines. Um, so I think depending on how much cover crop residue you have out there, how big your cover crop got this year in southeast Iowa anyway, and around Iowa, height of cover crop is not one of our major concerns because it's really small here at middle of March, but could take off and grow still. We could have some issues, but if you got a lot of cover crop out there, you're adding a lot of carbon. If it's a grass cover crop, a lot of carbon, we need to balance that back out with nitrogen because we got to feed the cover crop. We got to feed the microbes to be able to break down the cover crop and we got to have enough there for our corn as well. So I think to me, that's more so what I'm looking at versus the aleopathic effect. What are your thoughts on, especially on those varieties that that's more up your alley versus mine? And well, I think when you evaluate cereal rye altogether, the biggest thing that you have to do is say, do I have, okay, number one, we know that cereal rye creates aleopathy. Yeah. Okay. And that's a good thing, though, too, for the wheat suppression. We do want that. Right. It is very good and very documented. There's really good research on the aleopathic effect from rye being very effective against small seeded broadleaves. So water hemp, pigweeds, anything in the pigweed species, all of those type of plants, we've always kind of said we know they hate rye. You know what I mean? We didn't know why, but there is research out there to show that it's this aleopathic effect that affects small seeded broadleaves. Now, large seeded grass like corn, what threshold do we have to have before we would see a negative or an adverse effect from the rye. I don't know if we know that. And I don't, and just because you see a slide on Twitter that says there's aleopathy that exists. Yeah. Well, duh, we know that, you know what I mean? We get, we understand that, but just because there's aleopathy out there does not mean that it is going to affect your rye cover crop. The biggest problem that we've seen with rye ahead of corn is not understanding and managing your seed in that you are alluding to. So before you just throw in the towel and say, well, I'm not going to plant a cereal rye ahead of corn because uh, I'm afraid of the aleopathic effect. I would I would say that you were, honestly that's the only the aleopathic effect that we see right now is only beneficial to you in your cash crop. Yeah, and to so for there it's what Rarish, Lada, Gabe Brown, those guys are talking about is that as a farmer, if you don't understand C to N ratio, yeah, carbon, that's like our number one thing. Absolutely, because carbon we want to build our carbon, carbon sequestration kind of stuff as well, um, environmental impact. There's a lot to learn there, but. That carbon is the basic pieces of sugar. That's what microbes want. That's the basics of soil health. I think going into 2018, as a farmer, um, that should be one of the biggest pieces of uh, goals to Mm -hmm. learn on. Carbon, C to N ratio. Absolutely. Being mindful of that, I think that's a huge takeaway and uh, something that you should look into in 2018. We'll definitely hit on that a lot more, try to bring in a lot of resources and help to educate about building carbon, utilizing carbon to work for us. There's some new products kind of stuff too. There's some 
funky kind of things as well. And um, especially, and of course, getting raw biology out there too to help us to build up our organic carbon, recycle carbon, get it out of the atmosphere, utilize it in the soil. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll hit on that a lot more, but good and quick topic here for today. We'd love to talk about more of these kind of topics here going forward throughout the year. Watch, um, watch that. Look into your carbon levels. Look into some more research on that. We'll be sure to keep posting some things to help you out. Hit us up um, with other topics, other issues as we're getting ready for Plant 18. Stay tuned for a lot more content. Sometimes I have to kick. I ran my mouth off.